What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every Monday on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, we're Michael and Marsha O'Fay, and this week we're talking about weddings. Not just any wedding, though. Our Minimalist Vegan Wedding. So, in this episode, we discuss our very stressful engagement story, why we decided to have a vegan wedding despite doubts from friends and family, and we even break down our wedding budget in the episode so you can see exactly how we prioritize our spending. As always, you'll find more information about this episode over at the show notes, which you can find at theminimalistvegan.com slash 006. Okay, you ready to talk about weddings? Let's get into it. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. We're really excited today to talk about our wedding, our minimalist vegan wedding. Mm. You excited? Yeah, this is, you know, this is going to be a really cool topic. Um, I think one that we need to be really mindful of time because we could probably spend hours talking about our wedding and I think a lot of listeners can probably relate to that Mm. as well. It's a very big day. And gain some inspiration from as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I don't know, I think this all started because it's, uh, well, as you listen to this episode, it would have been a week after, um, but we recently had our three-year wedding anniversary. Yep. Um, So, woo! (laughs) (laughs) Go us! Yes. Um, High five, Marsha. We made it. (laughs) Three years. Not bad. Um, which I, I'm still confused because we've been together for so much longer than three years. What, 11 years? Yeah. And I'm like, well, like, did the previous eight years just get lost on the resume? <laughs> Is that, like, forgotten about now? Or Well, I mean, we kind of decided, didn't we, that we would actually count our, like, actual anniversary, which for us was the 16th of February um, when we first started dating. Yep. Which for me was when you first held my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, there was no Facebook official then. Oh, maybe there was. Yeah, there was Facebook official. Facebook official, would, do you mean? Like, yeah, they were like, you know. You join, no, you, you say, become, a relationship yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, because that was 2008. Yeah. Anyways. So. So the holding of hands symbolized boyfriend and girlfriend status for us. Yeah. And I still remember where it happened. Um, But anyways, we won't go through our relationship (laughs) now. Um, So, yes, it was three years and just a week ago. And a lot has happened in those three years. But every time I still look at our wedding photos, I feel happy. And I'm really proud of what we achieved. Yeah. And just, I mean, you kind of... Afterwards, when you see the photos and you kind of just remember the good bits, which is great because who wants to remember the bad things Yeah, and what went wrong and what you would have improved or whatever. But I think we we pulled a really beautiful wedding off, I think. And I mean, we've gotten quite a bit of um, exposure from our wedding since then and we get you know, magazines and yeah, online blogs. Yeah, I just submitted a, um, a Q&A to a vegan magazine in the UK, a print magazine. Yeah. So um, just two weeks ago. And yeah, so it's, and it's inspired some of our friends to take on some of the things that we did as well. Yeah. Um, and for everyone that attended, I guess, just to think a little bit differently and also see how delicious vegan food is which is was probably our number one goal really is to lead by example and and show off what veganism and plant-based eating is actually all about and what it's how delicious it can be um yeah so yeah well before i, mean, I get into all that yeah, it's like a, yeah. yeah we we love that i think we look at big events like christmas we look at as, as an opportunity to showcase our values yeah. and vegan food. And the yeah. wedding was just like the biggest opportunity and the platform. And to our be able birthdays to do that. as well. Yeah, birthdays, like we've done that too. 30th last year. I mean, that was pretty impressive 
also what my mum prepared for us. Yeah. Those desserts and stuff were really delicious. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but yeah, so we're looking at, you know, three-year anniversary and, you know, in this episode, we really want to take you guys behind the scenes of how we put together a minimalist vegan wedding. Mm-hmm. and With very minimal time. We yes. only allowed five and a half months from getting engaged to yes. the wedding day. So let's talk about that. Let's actually go before... Uh, let's start before the wedding itself. Yeah. Because let's face it, the preparation is everything. Oh, yeah. But even before that, let's talk about the engagement. Mm. And even before the engagement, let's talk about like... You know, like when you're in a relationship for a little while and you both sort of understand that you are going to be getting married at some point, then then you start just in your spare time uh, looking at wedding rings. <laughs> Don't you think? A lot of couples do this. You kind of start thinking, oh, okay, like, uh, well, I know for me anyway. I definitely wanted some research. I'm not just going to yeah. pick I mean, a, 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 a random wedding we were... ring for you. That's just too risky. <laughs> I mean, well, knowing me, yes. Yeah, no, definitely not. I, I, I want to get some sort of assurance that you're going to like I mean, this wedding I'm ring. I mean, I'm not materialistic, but I also do care about what I wear and what I own. <laughs> and a wedding ring's a big deal. It's on your finger and I don't normally wear rings. So for me, it was... Um, it was a big deal. And I just remember, though, a few times, I mean, earlier on in our relationship before we started this whole journey, um, when we were in shopping centers, you just randomly drag me to a jeweler and be like, oh, let's have a look at some rings. And I'd be like, uh, what for? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> not that we were, you know, at that stage, it wouldn't have been a surprise, but I think it was... Yeah, and I have expensive taste. So I think the only ring that I did try on was like $40,000. Yeah, out of all the rings, like we went to just a traditional um, jewelry store and out of all the rings, Marshall's like, oh, I really like that one. And it looked great on my and hand. And it was the most expensive <laughs> ring in the store, of course. So I, I was sweating. I'm like, oh, this is this is a lost cause. So anyway, we. Uh, <laughs> so I'm curious like how we ended up finding a ring for you. Do you remember like what that journey looked like? Well, we were down the coast and like my mum used to be a jewellery designer and she always really still likes to look at jewellery stores, but like the handmade type, yes. not the the chain type of stores. And there's a beautiful store, um, a jeweller down in Mogo where she um, always And this is on and, the south coast of Australia. Yeah, yep. so she goes and has a look there every now and then because they have different artists, different jewellers showcasing their work um, in cabinets and then they've yep. got some of their own pieces there. So when my family went down to the coast one year, we were um, just looking around and I kind of just spotted a few rings by the guys that actually owned the jewellery store that made it. Yeah. And I don't know, I just tried some on and I was like, oh, this one's really beautiful. It's simple. Like for me, it's always a thing of, well, is this a, um, you know, it's not a fashion statement. It's more of a long lasting piece of jewelry. Yeah. So I spotted two rings. I don't even now remember what the other one looked like, but I spotted two rings and you weren't there. Yeah. Um, and then I think you came the next day or the day after that. I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember now. Did I drag you then to go and see those you rings? Did. Okay. So, so I rocked up at the coast like <laughs> the next day after work. Yeah. And then next minute I find myself in this <laughs> store with you and you're like, oh, check out these rings. How pretty are they? Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they, they were, were actually, they were pretty, but they were also affordable and they were literally one of a kind. They only make one of each design. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I was just showing you just so that you get a bit of an idea. So it's not yeah. like a surprise, this hideous thing that I'll want to hide from everyone. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we don't want that. No. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And I don't remember. There was some follow up. So what happened is I actually, I actually fell in love with the rings. I, I, I remember getting more, more excited than you at some point. Uh, you did pick two rings and I was like, cool. So we, we got the details from the shop 
And I think you may have had some back and forth emails. Yeah. Uh, with one of the girls who worked at the shop. I don't remember what about, but I know I just asked just her to email me the details and, 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 the, and photos. the photos. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you forwarded the email to me. Yeah, just so that you know. <laughs> there, like you know, so you can read between the lines. I now had this as a historic reference uh, in my inbox, sitting there. So, and then that was left for a couple of years. And, like, I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought, well, Michael's the type of guy that, like, sometimes you do need, I need to give you a few nudges to kind of oh, yeah. give you hints to, like, okay, I, I do like that or, you know. I don't like indirect communication. No. But, so, yeah, so I just send that to you. I mean, I was trying to make your life easy, let's be honest. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's what I wanted. <laughs> Just this place. Yeah. This is the ring. This is the size. <laughs> Get yes. it done. Yes. No. Um, yeah. So I sent him the email and I just thought, you know, he can do with that whatever he wants. Yep. I didn't think anything of it. Then a few years went past and more people got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> And so we were in Europe. Should I tell this whole story? Yeah, you tell the story. Okay. So we were in Europe and um, we were traveling around and we were having... Well, so I checked Facebook and I saw someone else that was traveling in Europe. It was actually our old dance teacher. So I was friends with her on Facebook and she just got engaged. Yeah. So this was 2015. Yeah. Yeah, and she they were traveling in Europe as well. Yeah. And it just kind of like triggered something in me and I was like, we're in, we're in Europe too. Um, it's been eight years. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of, because we never, we hadn't really talked about it in like serious talk. Yeah. And like, so when, you know, we didn't have any timelines around it, like I knew in my head, I was like, oh, it'll be nice to be married at about 30, mm. which is like our age now. Mm. And, but I never planned much, you know, and it didn't really matter how long we'd been together for, but anyway, something came over me and I was just thinking, oh, I've been, you know, Europe's a beautiful place. It would be nice. Yeah, and I had an ideal yeah. place of where I wanted, yeah, okay, I was leading. I forgot about that. And I had an ideal place of where I wanted to be proposed to, which I told my, did I tell you? I told my mom. Yeah, you definitely told I me t- multiple <laughs> times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I told him where it was. And where was it? So that was in Ljubljana, which is the city that I was born in, which is in Slovenia, which is where we're moving to later on this year, mm-hmm. ironically. And where in Slovenia? And in Slovenia. so it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was quite specific. <laughs> Get into no, the detail. What yeah. do you mean? So we lived... So our so in the old town, which is um, the medieval town, they're called Dragon City because there's a lot of dragon statues on yeah. each bridge. And um, so there's a forest with a castle. And this is legit, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I know it and sounds so... <laughs> like a, like some sort of fairy tale, but I, I've been there. It's it's actually true. Yeah. So we um, so I was lucky enough to live in literally the nicest area um, where our apartment, which I mean, a lot of them are apartments, but some of them are as big as houses, and ours was a, like a four bedroom. Um, three-story apartment house thing. Um, And so we had a three-level garden that our back gate led, joined to the path on the way to the forest and the castle. So that was literally like my backyard. And so I thought it would be romantic to be proposed to on the path. There's a beautiful path with trees lined near the castle on uh, on top of the hill. So that's where I thought, oh, it would be really sweet to be proposed to there. She may as well have had coordinates (laughs) of the specific location (laughs) of where to get proposed to. And like a band lined up (laughs) and a photographer hiding in the bushes. (laughs) I didn't realize that I was this anyway. So, um, yeah, so I told him this and... So we were in Paris at that stage mm. and our we were meant to rent a car to drive through the French countryside and stay in 
a few different places each night along yeah. the way and then meet some friends at their animal sanctuary, have dinner with them, then travel through and meet another friend on the Swiss border. Yeah. She lived up, up in the Alps. And so when we went to pick up the car, they asked for our credit card. We don't didn't own a credit card. And our real our real estate our travel agent didn't tell us that we needed that, but it was in the fine print which we didn't read. So long story short, we couldn't get the car. I had a bit of a meltdown because everything was going wrong. We needed to check out of our accommodation because they had new people coming. We couldn't even stay there. So within an hour, we lost like a week's worth of travel, no car, nowhere to stay, Yeah. not knowing what we were going to do next and how we were going to get to Italy. So we just like quickly found a hotel and booked that. Um, and so, and I think I saw the photo, I saw the engagement on Facebook when we were in the hotel, just getting sort of ready to, to head out for a bit. And we booked somewhere that was close to the Eiffel Tower because we thought, well, s- since we're staying another night in Paris, we might as well go and like wander around in that area. And we went to a vegan pub mm. for dinner and I was just like, I don't know, just, you know, in my crazy state and Michael could see that there was something wrong. And I was just like, well, obviously everything had gone wrong that day, but there was something obviously else wrong because we were obviously in the same boat with that situation. And I just, after dinner, as we were about to leave, I just said, look, I need to get something off my chest. And I was like, are you planning on proposing to me during this trip? I just Straight up. Ask. Straight up. And Michael's a terrible liar. So I thought that I would have been able to pick up and you pulled this off really well. And he just kind of like <laughs> bowed his head in the sad, like, you know, looked really sad <laughs> and disappointed and like hurt for the fact that I'm even asking this question and was like, looked at me in the eyeballs <laughs> with conviction and said, no, sorry. And like kind of, and then I was like, that's okay. Clearly it wasn't okay. So because I kind of wanted to, you know, like I like surprises, but I also for some reason just wanted to know so that I can just get on with the trip. Manage your own expectations. Yeah. yeah, But like, I mean, who want not that to be a surprise? Yeah. So I was like, it was all doom and gloom for me from then on for the rest of the night. And I just... Very depressing. The tension, my God. I just, I didn't want to talk to him. I like almost burst into tears and yeah, anyways. So walking, we went back to the hotel and then we're walking up. We decided to walk up to the Eiffel Tower. Oh, and just, and just to add my perspective in this oh my god we better <laughs> we're just talking about the engagement um but just very quickly like when Marsha, like we had that moment at the vegan pub and i could see how disappointed she was yeah like my plan all along was to propose in slovenia so i knew that i had to change it to this evening like i, I knew i had to like well hang on now you're ruining the surprise okay all right you go on, you go on. Apologies. So anyway, so we're walking up to the Eiffel Tower and I'm like slowly trying to like get over the fact that my whole life's ruined. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. No, it was just a pretty crappy day. So anyways, and I can see that Michael was feeling a bit anxious, biting his lip and it was just, it wasn't like you. And so I was like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, nothing. And so we just kept walking and then mood was improving a little bit and we went to the Eiffel Tower and we saw the ginormous line and I was like, we're not waiting. Like it was going to take us, what, two hours? Yeah. So we just went and sat down and there's these guys like trying to sell roses and be all romantic and all this sort of stuff. And Michael was just like, can we just go somewhere that no one will bother us? So we went a little bit further at the back at this point we managed to like forcefully buy a rose from this guy with the little bit of change. If you knew how much little change we had in our pockets, he probably wouldn't have approached us. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so I'm holding this red rose and we moved back and we sat down like 
near these tourists that were having a little picnic on the bench next to us and then these rubbish bins on the other side. Yeah. So Michael decides to put on one of our songs on his phone and starts playing it. And I was like, and I got cranky. I was like, why are you doing this right now? And start saying all of these nice things and like, and I started getting annoyed because you'd already told me that you weren't going to propose. Yeah. And I, you was, I don't want to say the F word, but you were effing with me. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, this isn't cool. Cut it out. Yeah. So I literally started like abusing you. Mm. And, and then all of a sudden, next thing I know, you're on one knee with, pulled out the ring that I wanted and I just was like, oh my God, he's actually being serious. <laughs> and I was bawling my eyes out. And um, yeah, I just, it totally took me by surprise. And you know what? In some ways it was nicer that it happened then than in Europe because every time, then if we would have walked yeah. up to that spot, I would have been like, Sue, yeah. where's uh, the <laughs> the ring? And all like, oh, just a little bit to the left. <laughs> and this is a spot. Now's your moment. And three, <laughs> two, one. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, and then obviously I said yes and... I was just amazed that he got that ring and then he was telling me the backstory and how he asked my dad for permission and my dad started crying and that he'd already planned he'd put this that ring. This was months ago. This was well, you like... put it like you said beginning of the year and this was September. You put the the ring on, on labor. Oh, you had it deposit. at your mum's house or yeah, something. Yeah, my mum. Shout out to my mum. She, um, she, she gave her mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, she had the ring since like January 2015. And uh, we got engaged in September. Yeah. Yeah, September 2015. So, um, yeah, it was on lockdown. Yeah. We had this all planned out um, so far in advance. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I don't know. I was really proud of myself mm. to, to have the ring in like a sock. Yeah. Some old socks in a suitcase. Like, because Marsha's got attention to detail of everything that we're packing because we're packing like minimalists. So, we didn't yeah. really have much to take. Yeah. And oh, uh, I clearly would have seen a box or something yeah. that I was like, why are you taking this? You yeah. know? So a lot of planning went into So lucky that that sock made it <laughs> to Paris. <laughs> yeah. It was like what, ten days before that? Not e yeah, about ten days. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he so we were all in like excitement and everything and then we decided to line up and and go up the Eiffel Tower in the end because yep. we just thought, well, we're here, you just proposed. Yeah. Then we called our family and told, you know, our family, immediate family and our close friends and it was all exciting. Yeah. And, and then that, the planning well, and budgeting. But before and, that, before that, I wanted to talk. So we, okay, so at this point we consider ourselves minimalists. We are in Europe. We are in Paris. And we're about to go to like Italy and Slovenia and Croatia and all these beautiful countries around Europe. So that was a big conversation. Even the conversation was about, do we have a wedding or not? Mm. Okay. Because we were in the perfect scene to just elope and just get it done. Mm. I mean, forget about, you know, all the stress or the money or the organization. We could just get married right now and just call it a day. And I know I definitely had that strong view. And, but do you remember like what we were talking about at the time? We were thinking about, cool, well, how would our families feel? You know, in all honesty, it wasn't even that for me. It was more like I really wanted my dad to walk me down the aisle. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wasn't sure if the rest of like my sisters would get married or whatever. So I wanted to give him that moment and for us to have that moment together. Yes. And so that was a big thing for me and to at least have my immediate family there because I'm close with my family. Yeah. So your family situation is different to mine because my my sister in 2007 had a pretty big wedding uh, and it was a really magical moment. So it's like, cool, we already had our wedding in our family. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, cool, let's just, let's just yeah, get this yeah. done. Let's just sign the paperwork and it's, and it's over. Um, but we did make the decision uh, to, to have a wedding. 
And then, yeah, you're right. So the planning began with September and we didn't want to prolong our engagement. We didn't want to have like a one, two, two three, four, yeah. five year engagement before a wedding. We kind of just wanted to get it over and, get done, it with. Over and done with. So we set a, a, a preliminary sort of time frame for March um, because I didn't personally want to have a wedding in summer. I, I don't deal too well with the heat, particularly with a suit. Mm. Um, so I wanted it to be in autumn in Australia. So we were aiming for March. Little did we know how hot it would end up being on the yes, day. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so that, that was the first decision, wedding or no wedding. And I know a lot of people listening um, who are considering having a wedding or have already been through this experience is probably something you may have considered as well, particularly those who want to live more minimalist and keep things as simple as possible. Um, so that was definitely a consideration. Um, and then from there, we we had to get the vision for the wedding. Mm. So did you want to talk about how you, because this is where you really took over creatively um, of what you visualized, what you did to prepare um, for a minimalist vegan wedding. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of in in the back of my head had like a bit of a vision as to what I wanted for the wedding day. Yeah. I definitely knew I wanted it to be in nature mm-hmm. and I wanted something that truly represented who we are and I love like beautiful things and showing off, you know, creatively and style-wise something that merges nature and um functionality yeah you like you've always had like your aesthetic is always you love earthiness but you love clean yes design as well yeah Very so mine's like aesthetic. scandinavian yep. yet hippie yep. kind of vibe i don't know but that's yeah so even with my photography and all of that that's kind of always been my my thing and so like pinterest played a big role in that uh, Pinterest. <laughs> yes. And um, I mean, it's definitely helped a lot with being able to show people what I wanted for certain things and how I wanted it to look and where the inspiration came from rather than having to verbally always say something and, and this find is, them and in this Google images. Yeah, like Pinterest is, is massive. This is a skill we acquired from um, multiple business projects like you know when marshall was a photographer and we had to redesign her website when she worked with designers you know would always start off with a pinterest board yeah or when we designed them and it was vegan websites or you know there's been a lot of things that we've done away from a wedding environment that starts with pinterest so mm. i think you applied the same sort of approach to that like yeah. a private board yeah. or your inspiration for what a venue would look like a bouquet dresses yeah. you know flowers yeah the, the mood mm-hmm. the setting um was all sort of documented in this pinterest board yeah. um but you're right when we approached different suppliers this was a constant reference point yeah because it's easier to show them and like even when i was looking for my wedding dress to kind of say this is the style that i'm going for yeah. do you have rather than wasting time like do you have anything I mean, let's face it, I wasn't going to get someone to make me a custom dress for the wedding. Yep. There wasn't much time. And I mean, I started looking for wedding dresses when I was in Croatia with my family. So my auntie and my grandma took, my poor auntie, took her to dress shops and was thinking. I And at that point, I had no idea how much wedding dresses were in Australia, but I just had a strong feeling that there's no way that I would spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a wedding dress back home Um, and dresses there were more affordable. But mind you, it was a completely different style. And so I ended up actually buying a dress that as soon as I bought it, I had this gut feeling like, oh, this isn't the right one. It wasn't that flattering. It was actually a bridesmaid's dress. Um, so anyways, I ended up actually selling that dress to my next door neighbor, funnily enough, like not talking to her about it. She just found it online and she just so happened to realize that she was two doors down. down. 
So she bought it for her wedding, which was great. Um, because actually I remember putting that dress on and showing it to your mum and sister and they're like, you can't wear that. <laughs> and I was like, well, then that confirms it. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, – and I never actually – because I'm not a f- like I'm not a big fan of the traditions, and I always question things. So I was like, well, why does someone have to wear a white dress? Why does, you know, why do you have to have something blue and something old and something new? And why does everyone have, you know, bridesmaids and uh, bucks nights and bridal parties and all of that? Just like I wanted to really get down to the point of well, what do we want? Not what's expected of us or what's everybody else does and I think that's the way that we're different is that we always go off our own gut feel and what we want rather than looking at the norm inverted commas and saying well what's everybody else doing yeah and I think that's a really good segue to you know the first decision we made is clearly we're going to have a vegan wedding yes so um and I know when we I know when we were in Europe, we got engaged. I then went to Ghana uh, with my brother to meet my mum there. And, uh, you know, I remember I remember my brother talking to me about, oh, okay, so you've got your wedding happening. So you planning to make all everything vegan out of curiosity? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and uh, I remember it sparked an interesting conversation between us about um, he's like, look, I, I understand that you, you're really passionate about your values and everything, but you know, is it really a smart thing to, I suppose, not give people the option outside of vegan options at your wedding? And, and I'm just like, look, you know, at the end of the day, well, you know, and I and I actually got inspired from the um, Food for Thought podcast that we were listening to um, in Italy, mm-hmm. that, and and Colleen was talking about how she managed her vegan wedding. And she made a really good point, which I brought up again. We're talking about, you know, if you look at a a yearly cycle, we have people who basically consume any food that they want, Mm. particularly in the Western world. Um, You know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Mm. uh, they can choose what those meals are. And all we're asking for... One meal. Is one meal. One night. And one evening, you know. Um out of all those cycles. Yeah. And uh, I think when she put it that way, it gave me the confidence to say, no, look, it's it's just one meal. Yeah. Okay. And um, we're not trying to poison everyone. Yeah. And it's yeah. not like it's just going to be salad. Yes. And potatoes. So, yeah. But but I must admit, like, you know, because, you know, you always want to listen to your family because they're the ones who are going to be the most honest with you. And I think, you know, for those of you who are looking to plan a wedding, particularly a vegan wedding, you know, you can have a lot of self-doubt because you do want everyone to have a good time. You don't want to feel like you're alienating people. And that you but, but you're also showing off veganism in a really positive light correct. and that it actually represents you. Yes. to the full extent rather than like oh this food could have been better, maybe I could have tweaked it, I might could have done something and not people going oh yeah, I had to have a steak on the way home because it wasn't filling or it wasn't satisfying enough. Absolutely. So, I think a lot of couples actually have that's probably one of their biggest concerns is making sure that they're able to cater for everyone's needs, especially people that are meat heavy. And let's face it, a lot of people are meat heavy yep. and, you know, also crave the fat and the sugar and the salt and all of that. So, but at the same time, and I think this is one of the decisions that why we wanted to have a buffet. I mean, I always, because I, so before we started The Minimalist Vegan, I was a photographer. And through that, before I had my photography business, I used to assist a wedding photographer at weddings. And so I'd been to a lot of different weddings and saw like, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Yeah. And I always in the back of my head, looking at all the options of catering, I always like the idea of a really beautiful buffet. Yeah. Um, because that way people can, it's like an all you can eat buffet and who mm. doesn't like that? You know, mm. they can eat as much as they want. Um, they can pick and choose what they eat rather than a sit down rotating menu. Well, let's be honest, especially with vegan options, they're not that creative, they're not that delicious and they leave you f- starving pretty much afterwards. Yeah. So we knew that that's not what we wanted for our wedding. Um, so a buffet was definitely um, something that we wanted to, to go down. Yes. 
down the path of. Yep. Exactly. And I think that, that I think that's good point that we can make now because um, what we're actually going to do for the majority of the rest of this episode is look at item by item um, all the decisions that we made, the cost behind them, and why we made that decision. Um, everything from the venue to the catering to the dresses to the rings to all of that nitty-gritty um, that I'm sure you're all interested in. Um, so we'll try and make this um, a bit quicker, <laughs> but um, we may get carried away. So let me open up this spreadsheet here. So the first the first big item and the top of the list for us was photography. Yeah. So um, we had a um initial now i also just want to say as we're going through the cost here it's in australian dollars and also i know like we talked about the vegan part of this wedding the minimalist side uh how we define it this comes down to the level of intentionality that we want to bring to it we um you know we we don't necessarily think minimalism is the same as frugality in terms of making this as cheap as possible, although you can define minimalism that way if that is your intentionality. You know, I know, I know a lot of people who have like weddings in their backyard, for example, yeah. to keep it super, super simple and streamlined. So we have a different sort of outlook and perspective I mean, on that. Yeah, mind you, we did. I mean, I was even talking to some of my friends that were getting married around the same time. Their budgets were at least double ours. What, yeah. Or what they ended up spending on their wedding was at least two, three times more than us. So it is still on the the frugal side in some ways, but it's like maximizing and making sure that, okay, this is the budget. Where are we going to spend the money? And okay, with what we can't spend money on, how are we going to be creative and actually source things from people? And Absolutely. And your budget, your budget is your budget. Uh, only you can have your budget. I know our goal was going into this wedding was 10,000 uh, mm. Australian dollars. That was the goal. So when we... Okay, so by the way, a spreadsheet. Uh, I don't know. Most people I talk to have a wedding spreadsheet. There is a wedding spreadsheet in most people's lives. Maybe not for yeah. yours, but we had one. Uh, and just to describe what it is, maybe we can take a screenshot of this and put it in the show notes as well uh, for your reference. But we have budge- budget and actuals. And the first item is photography. So we had a budget of $4,000 for photography. So our our goal was $10,000 and 40% of that budget, we were allocated to photography. So Marsha, do you want to talk to why that was so important to us? Well, being a photographer, I really value photography. Yes. Um, And we actually literally based our whole wedding date around the availability of the photographer we wanted because we'd worked with her before we did like a couple shoot with her. A lot of the images that you see on our website that's of us, Lauren took those photos. Yes. We still use to this day five, over five years later. Yes. Um, And so we kind of based everything around that. And for us, capturing the day was really important because, I mean, that's something that we just we value ourselves and I value um, a lot because that's like you want to be able to have that memory as much as you enjoy the day, but being the bride and groom, things go by so quickly that you want to be able to have beautiful photos to reflect and an iPhone or just a a friend of a family that had a digital SLR just wasn't going to cut it for us. Yeah. We wanted something that was beautiful and that's something that we can be proud of and reflect on and obviously share with other people in yes. the future. And honestly, she was worth every penny. Absolutely. And guys, again, we've said multiple times, but Marsha's background is photography. This is her skill. This is her trade. So the expectations for photography were probably higher than most uh, because you have shot, you've actually shot weddings yourself. Um, yeah. So it, this is visual storytelling and having that memory was everything. And I shared that same value. So when we look at uh, how much the the photography ended up being, it was actually $3,300. So woo, we were under budget. For I mean, you item. can easily, the thing is though, with photography it can vary so greatly. And for us, like we knew that we wanted Lauren, but we could have, like there are some photographers that charge $10,000 for wedding photography. So you just got to be smart about it and really do your research, look around, 
But the know. vision of Pinterest helped because we knew we wanted a particular style. Yes. And then we found photographers that their portfolio matched yeah. the style on Pinterest. So yeah. You know, like, and I mean, being in the photography industry, I already had connections, which was really helpful. Yes. But if you don't like ask friends and family and people that might know people, don't just go off, um, you know, and just be very mindful of them as a person as well because that's really important too yeah and and i should also say that um you know we the how much we spent on photography wasn't the initial quote because we had the goal of keeping things under ten thousand dollars the quote came in quite high above the four thousand dollar uh four thousand dollar budget for photography and uh but that's because we ended up deciding that um uh we'll limit the hours. hours yeah of photography so we we more we actually allocated more time to um uh what do you call it the pre-wedding uh preparate like the pre-ceremony yeah so like we had our photographer come to where i was getting ready uh and capturing like the emotion of you know putting on your jacket with my sister and and being with my family and you know looking ahead at the day and and then the photographer then went to where marshall was preparing pre-ceremony as well um and then she captured obviously through the ceremony and also um some of the food that we had after the photography the wedding photography itself but then when we got to the reception the reception um it was night time and then basically her services ended there so, so she took a few photos of like the initial speeches and yes. you know the food and the, um, the the tables and people sitting down and stuff. But yep. then it sort of ended there. So, and it, and we ran over time with our, our canapes as well. Yes. So that kind of stretched things out. We could have actually had a a little bit longer during the reception, but that was okay. Yep. So, so that, but, yeah. But, yeah, but when you're considering a photographer, you can think about, okay, well, what's Where the most important time yeah. to take the, uh, the photographs? And yeah. that can help you save a bit of money as well. Yeah. But and that, try and pick a location where you're not driving around too much. So, like yeah. for us, we had the reception, sorry, the ceremony, the whole wedding was in, at the one location. Yeah. So, we didn't waste time driving around to different locations. We just had one beautiful location where we took all of the photos. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you're also paying for the photographer to be driving around. So a lot of, from previous experiences, you probably waste about an hour just in the car at least, just driving around yep. to different spots for different scenery. Yeah. Whereas if you find one beautiful spot, you just you you maximize that a little bit more, and then yes. you can mingle more with your guests. And like, I find it silly how people in a way, go for two hours just to take photos and then guests are like, well, okay, where are we going to go and what are we going to do? You have a bit of downtime and then canapes start and then they come in and then they talk. Yeah, but so that's, it's become just a, like, that's become an expectation at weddings as well. Yeah. But um, but I understand what you're saying. You can make it efficient if yeah. you, you have everything in one place. So, yeah. so we the better next get through this thing, list. Yeah, was catering and that was the other really important thing for us and we wanted to allocate as much budget to that as possible because again we wanted to show off what vegan food was really about and how delicious it can be so we budgeted 2000 and it came in at about 2000 as so well. I think the with the catering that feeds into the venue a little bit there yeah. Um, we did get help from uh, our family to support us to pay for the venue. So we've adjusted the budget accordingly for that. But I I just wanted to like say that it was really hard. Uh, so we put a, what, a five and a half, six month time frame from engagement to wedding based on booking our photographer. <laughs> so yeah. you can see where our priorities are yeah. in this intentionality here. But then, we'll and like, that's the busiest month of the year for most photographers in Canberra. Yes, so we're so lucky to get her at that time. So then, the venue was incredibly difficult because we we wanted vegan cuisine, and we wanted a buffet, and we didn't want to compromise. And we, I like, I rang around so many different locations, like venues, and we pretty much knew that we wanted to self cater in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, but either it wasn't an option that were booked out. So there was a lot of things that we kind of, so we ended up settling on a place that was about an hour outside of, um, Where we live. our city yeah. 
and but it was absolutely stunning. So, yes. and I always wanted to get married in a forest. Yes. So that was perfect. Yes. Um, thanks, Ruth, for the suggestion. Yeah, so and that's for taking my mu- us there. Yeah, so my mum kind of made us go, like I'll say, made us go to this um, <laughs> cactus. What was it? A cacti, cacti society. Yeah, she's part of a, cact- a cacti society and like some road trip that we took to Victoria to look at the cactus. And like it, when she first told me about it, I, I could think of a million things I'd rather be doing um, <laughs> than going on but a tour. But she made it sound like such a sweet deal. It and ended up being a really fun trip. Yeah. But then what came out of that is we visited the Crisp Galleries where we ended up getting married. So yeah. that's Yeah. So we knew incredible. like we brought that up and it was beautiful and very quiet. and But like a little wonderland literally in the middle of nowhere. So yes. it's like... You don't expect it to be there. Yes. So we had the the venue, which, um, wow, I know, but we budgeted $500. I'm not sure how we plan to um, pull that off. But we ended up spending $1,000 out of our own pocket for that one. And then, yeah, the catering came to about $2,000. Um, and then from there, we had the celebrant. So we allocated 500 And because he's a family friend, we got charged 350 yes yeah so we're really lucky to you know know somebody who was already a celebrant there yeah um so that was really great and then we had the wedding dress so i'll let you talk about this one now this is hilarious we now leading up to the wedding even even before we we got engaged i think you're you're always saying oh who would spend thousands of dollars on a wedding dress? I'm not interested Just in that. Just for one day, like yeah. literally to wear for a few hours. You're like, I'm not interested in that. So, we, okay. So, we went in with the mentality of, okay, let's $300 for a wedding dress. So, I know for a lot of you that might sound ludicrous, but that was our goal. Could you talk us through what ended up happening here? Now, you told us a little bit about it before. Yes. Yeah, so, so you I up did end the up, first dress. So, I bought a dress in Croatia for $550. Yep. I sold it for that same amount. Mm-hmm. So broke even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like six weeks, maybe two months max yeah. to the wedding. Even before that, you considered your mum's wedding dress? I did. I did. She had a pink wedding dress, but it just wasn't going to work. The How much alteration needed to be done and I didn't want to ruin it. And it just didn't feel, it didn't feel like me. Yep. So... And I like lace, like I like lace, and I like beautiful, clean lines, and I wanted just something quite feminine. Yep. Um, and flowy, not like this big puffy dress. And then, so I sold that dress, and I realized I'm gonna have to get. I mean, I was planning to get something off the rack, anyways, but mm. I was running out of time. So I looked at every single store in Canberra. Mm. Nothing. They were all really ugly. <laughs> yeah. And then I even went out to like little country towns where they had wedding dresses and I literally tried everything. And then I ended up in Sydney with your mom because my mom couldn't come because she was working, looking at dresses in department stores and in like little boutiques and everything. We just went for a day trip. So we just yep. caught up the bus and um, and I booked an appointment in this store which is david jones mm-hmm. um in the city in sydney and i tried on a few different dresses off rack and they're typically cheaper on the rack because they're not custom made or tailored to you or yeah. you know so they end up being cheaper so i tried a few on there and i put like i didn't even look at this dress initially but she pulled it, the lady that worked there, she pulled it. I was like, I'll give it a go. And I put it on and I was like, I think this is the one. Yeah. And your mum looked at me and was like, yeah, that's beautiful. But FOMO kicked in, mm. fear of missing out. And I was like, oh, well, let's just keep looking and go to a few of the other stores that we we're planning to go to. And if I don't find anything, um, we'll come back and get this one. Mm. So we went to those few stores, kept trying on dresses, nothing quite fitted and I didn't want to just buy just for the sake of getting it. And mind you, everything at this point was over $1,000. So I'd kind of just given up hope that like I wasn't going to find anything within my budget um, that wasn't bought online and that, you know, those disaster 
scenes that you like you see this beautiful picture of this stunning gown on someone and what you get in the mail is yeah. like this half whale looking like piece of fabric that's been sewn looks like by a two-year-old yeah so anyway so i was like no i'm not risking buying online and i wanted to get something also that was ethically made um and that was vegan mm. and a lot there's a lot of dresses out there that have silk in them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we literally had like an hour to the bus and I was like, I'll just go buy the other one. So I bought the dress, was really happy with it, but it still needed some alter altering. But with the discount, like the top budget was like 1500, the top of the top. And it, the price yes, the of... increased from 300 <laughs> to 1500 <laughs> well because then it was like the reality of yeah. what the you yeah. know what and this it was is gonna uh, cost. this is the raw behind the scenes is what happens you know in, in wedding planning so yeah mm. so i um i said okay and i said to the woman i think it was 1900 yeah and i said to her look my budget is 1500 can you do anything better than this and it was by an Australian designer and it was off rack. And um, so she came back to me and she's like, I can do 1600 So she took 300 bucks off, which was mm. awesome. Nice. So I was like, okay, I'll buy it. So I bought it, really happy with it. Um, and it had bits of lace in it, which is what I really wanted. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, you really... I, I think it was it was cool for you to find something that you were really confident in. Mm. Um, and what's interesting is that we made the decision or you made the decision that after the wedding, you're going to sell the dress. So mm. again, traditionally status quo, a lot of people Keep would choose dress. to hang on to your dress, something mm. that's sentimental to the day. Mm. Um, but, you know, our thinking was like, well, if we're not actually going to wear this again, you know, why do I keep yeah, it? Why, why, do keep it? why yeah. does it need to? And this is just what our thoughts are. And that's space. where I think the minimalist mentality comes into play. Um, do you remember how much you ended up selling it for? 1500 Really? Yeah. But mind you, so I had alterations done, which would have added the cost onto the dress. Yes. So in, all in all, I actually probably spent about three four hundred dollars on the dress yeah which is what our initial budget was <laughs> so so up front it ended up being over budget but in the end you sold two dresses in this whole process yeah <laughs> anyway and um ended up kind of getting to what we needed to in the yeah. end so, so um, i got it dry cleaned after the wedding you know what i didn't even factor that into the spreadsheet mm. yeah okay i'm just gonna adjust this down Oh no, kind of adjusted. I'll do it later. But anyway, so we the next item was the ring. Your ring. My ring, actually. So I had a budget of five hundred dollars. So I ended up finding a um, a ring on Etsy um, of all places. So I went and got my measurements done in person. So I knew exactly what my measurement measurements were, and I wanted just like a really clean. Uh, what was the color of my ring in the end? rose gold yeah rose gold um but it had like a sort of a rustic sort of look to it Mm. and um it was made out of um recycled materials as well um so that was really cool to get in the mail and that fitted perfectly um and then i spent uh i had a budget of 150 dollars for a shirt i ended up spending a hundred dollars for a vegan friendly shirt uh we had 400 dollars budget for flowers uh, we ended up um, having a friend help us out and it cost $100 more at $500. Um, and again, that was inspired from our aesthetic and vision on Pinterest. Um, we had table settings, a budget of $500 for that. And uh, we ended up spending about $300 and this included things like napkins, wine glasses and champagne glasses as well. So let me just break that down. So the reason that um, we bought those things, so we had, so our friends got married a year or two before us Yep. and they did it, they DIY'd it. Yes. So they bought everything, the plates, the cutlery, the glasses, everything. Yep. So we actually, we borrowed that from them and then we filled in the gaps because we worked out that hiring it was going to cost us 
just as much or more. Yeah. And this whole thing was, um, I mean, we encourage hiring and borrowing where possible, but we didn't see the point. So we ended up actually just after the wedding, giving all of those things to our friends that we borrowed the rest of the stuff from. Mm. And they were going to sell it as a set to someone for their wedding. So it was going to be reused time and time again. Yep. So for us, hiring it just didn't seem like the good option um, because it was going to cost us more money. And this way we could control the style and type of things that we actually purchased for the day. Yes. And, you know, breakage and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. If it happens, oh, well, you know, like if someone drops their wine glass, we don't have to pay for that wine glass for the people that we hired it from. Yes. So, you know, that's just one, I guess, less thing to be stressing about when you're hiring things versus buying things. But at the same time, being minimalists, we kind of went, we bought things with the intention of passing it on to someone that was going to do something with it. Yes. So that's, um, yeah, so that's where the table setting, so everything um, was either hired or, or we bought with the intention of passing on. Yep. Cool. And then we had chairs. So we hired the chairs. We had to hire chairs because, yeah, the venue was like nothing inside of it. Yeah. So we had to bring it to life. Well, so. they had tables, trestle tables. Correct. But, yeah, yeah, we hired the chairs. So we hired the chairs. So we had a budget for $200. We ended up spending 175 And then the other one, which is a little bit more unique for us, although a lot of people are doing this now, is we um, ran with a website. So we had a uh, we invested in a Squarespace website, uh, and we used that as our invitations, and we mm-hmm. also used it as like a, a portfolio um, for our wedding photos. Once we got them in the digital versions, which we sent to our guests after the wedding as well. Yeah. So when we sent out like a, I guess a traditional version of a thank you card, we sent out a thank you email. Yeah with a link to the wedding photos and we also within the email we sent them pictures that they featured in mainly so our photographer took a lot of photos of everyone that was there yeah um that they could use for their own you know we weren't going to upload all hundreds of photos so we kind of picked out the ones that were of them that weren't on the website and emailed it to them as well yeah so yeah yeah. it was quite a and we got some really positive feedback with that personal touch because you know yeah. That everyone could relive the the memory and they had there was a, there was some sort of personalization in there as well for them. Yeah. Um so we ended up spending a little bit more, hundred and thirty five dollars uh for that because you have to pay monthly for the website. Now But we, so much cheaper than invitations yeah, absolutely. and thank you cards. Exactly. Um drinks, we had a budget of a thousand, we ended up spending thirteen hundred. Um, so we, you know, again, we actually, we just wrote an article (laughs) recently about, um, is alcohol vegan? Um, so we'll link to that in the show notes, but, um, you know, we, we had beer, wine and champagne and in the, in the finding process of creating quite a lot of mainstream alcohol, animal products are used. So we wanted to make sure that we sourced alcohol that was not only vegan friendly but also organic as well that we could share with our friends and family in our special day so um we sourced all of that ourselves um speakers we didn't end up spending anything for speakers um and cars we ended up using like our family cars (laughs) for the wedding and the cake the cake was the other big important item we had a budget of 120 dollars ended up being more than double at 310 dollars um, for that one as well. So when we look at the final cost, um, our budget was ten thousand four hundred and seventy, and uh, we ended up spending eleven thousand six six hundred and seventy dollars. So we were about a thousand dollars over. However, when you factor in that we sold the dress, the wedding dress, after ended up being more closer to within budget uh, for the wedding as well. Um, so yeah, so guys, that's that's the behind the scenes of the. The, the nitty-gritty um, of the items that we ended up, you know, sort of allocating towards our wedding. Um, but, you know, we're approaching an hour now, so we want to wrap up. I w- want to make sure that we will link to a very long post that Marsha wrote um, about our minimalist vegan wedding. Yeah, um, so if you want the details and the breakdown of, you know, the guest list of what our thought process was behind that and 
um, why we invited the people, the questions that we asked of who we invited and why we invited them, um, uh, links to the where we got our rings from, um, the things that we went without. Yes. That was, um, the, yeah, and beautiful photos along the way just showcasing um, Absolutely. Like things like we, we didn't have a bridal party, mm. um, which was a little bit different as well. Um, you know, we were pretty aggressive with our guest list um, mm. and keeping that as uh, tight as possible. Yeah. Um, we didn't have any children come to our wedding. Besides Isaac and Maya. Yeah, besides so my niece and, niece and nephew. So there was a lot of um, pretty tough decisions that we had to make in the process to make this a wedding that felt like us. Yeah. Um, but I think the, you know, you know, we were asked the other day by your sister, you know, would we do this again? And... Um, you know, even though we ha- we could have made a decision to elope, mm-hmm. um, I I think we both agree that we would have we would do this again. Mm. We were really proud of the way um, the wedding ended up, and you know we got to share our love for each other, but we got to share it in a way that represented our values. Yeah. Um. So that was really cool. Um. So yeah, if you guys are thinking about, you know, uh, getting married and or you you're reflecting on your journey as well. Um, just want to say that you know you can go against the grain and do things a little bit differently, mm. and um, and I think the goal is to feel the way that we feel now, like we're really proud of what it represented, yeah. Um, and that we can do things differently now. We have so many tools available, and I think as you go through all these items, there's a huge opportunity for any of you creative business people out there to actually come up with catering or photography or food or venues that actually cater to people that want to have a vegan wedding yeah you know i know in canberra there wasn't too many options for us but i know in bigger cities we're seeing more businesses emerge like catering specifically for the vegan community um and those who want a minimalist wedding like wouldn't it be cool if we saw more services pop up that could help people who want to have that type of wedding and for those of you who are attending weddings a little bit different um, want to challenge you to just be open, open to the food, open to the style mm. and have a different experience. Again, at the end of the day, it's just one one day. Yes. And it's one meal. Most of the time, it's one meal. Yep. Um, and I think the proudest thing for us was people afterwards saying how amazing the food was and that if they could eat like that every day, they would be vegan straight away. Yeah. So that was a really proud thing for us is that we managed to pull that off. Thank, yes. thank you to my sister Vanya because she did the food, most of the food, and she did an amazing job. Yes. Um, so it was we were we are very lucky because we have people around us that have talent and that are also happy to help us. Um, you know where. It, if we didn't like if Vanya couldn't have done the catering I don't know what we would have done yeah. really but and, and we and we really a DIY wedding is <laughs> I mean it's hard it's hard it's work. a lot of hard work yeah um, and before you know and even on the day so you really got to weigh up are you prepared to put in the work and save some money or outsource it so think about these things earlier um, so that you can see where your priorities are I mean for us, and considering I'm a bit of a control freak, I didn't mind doing things myself and with the help of everyone else. But when there's so many decisions to be made, yeah. it's actually nice to be able to just outsource some things to other people yeah. and feel confident that they'll be able to do it to the standard that you want it to be done. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't a bridezilla, yeah. but I think that when it's one day in your life, that you literally get together all the people that you love and celebrate your love with your partner. Yeah. You know, there's something actually quite beautiful about that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well said. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll add all the resources in the show notes and we can take it from there. But, you know, we'd love to hear about um, your experiences of having a value-driven wedding. Mm. you know and everything from the engagement to the the pre-work to the day itself um you know would love to get your thoughts as well all right thanks for tuning in guys and i hope you enjoy this episode and if you have any questions or want to know in more detail about anything from our wedding or planning or after just please um just you know 
send us a message, email on social media or even in the show notes on the website. Um, but I will, I will share as many resources um, as I can for our wedding um, and some of the articles that we've been featured on as well online to just give you a bit more insight as to um, how we did things. And yep. yeah, and we're really proud of what we achieved. So yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll speak to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, there it is, guys. Reflections from our minimalist vegan wedding. We've uh, we've taken a, a actual screenshot of our wedding budget spreadsheet, uh, which you can find at the show notes, which is theminimalistvegan.com slash 006. That's theminimalistvegan.com slash 006. Uh, we also forgot to mention that Marsha decided to go with just one ring. So normally you would have an engagement ring and a wedding ring. We decided to just go with one ring. It ended up costing us $2,000 for that ring. And uh, if you listen to the episode, uh, when we went to a traditional uh, jewelry store, Marsha fell in love with a ring that happened to cost $40,000. So, much to my delight, uh, we found a beautiful, unique ring uh, for a much more affordable price for us. Um, But again, your wedding is your wedding. So, we wanted to share our experience with you so you felt inspired to think about what you and your partner want on your special day. Not what your family wants, not what your best friend wants, not based on some TV show you've watched or what society expects from us generally in a traditional sense when you have a wedding Uh, this is your day um, so it's better to do it in your own unique way okay so would would love to hear from you though Uh, have you had a minimalist vegan wedding or have you just had a more unique wedding in general you know what did you prioritize and how did you find the day overall I'd love to know. So leave your comments over at the show notes or you can message us directly at The Minimalist Vegan on Instagram. Lastly, thank you for your reviews on iTunes. Uh, We got two more this week and we're so excited uh, to get this feedback. Uh, It really helps us to know that we're on the right track. Uh, So please keep them coming. Uh, Anyway, here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Till next week. Peace.